News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero. Well, well, there you go. We are ready to go again. It is uh, six minutes after 7 o'clock. Hope you're ready. We are, and the phone line's already open. You have questions about uh, your employment, your boss being an employer, being an employee. Maybe you've been let go. Maybe you're on temporary layoff. Maybe you have questions about COVID-19, or you're supposed to go back to work in the next week or two. You're part of the uh, slow opening of retail and other services in and around the Ottawa area. That's cool. Give us a call, 613-521-TALK. 613-521-TALK. That is the number to call through. you got to just under an hour to do so, so lots of time to get a hold of Alex here on the show and ask your questions. The email address, by the way, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lots of stuff to get through on the show tonight. In fact, we'll get to, uh, you need to know, uh, pardon me, you need to watch your back when all these things are kind of warning signs, and we'll fill you in uh, as we go along with those and try to get to a few emails a little later on in the hour. But, again, we are ready to go. Phone lines open, live talk show. It's all about you, 613-521-TALK. But the week that was is always how we start, pal. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Hey, Johnny. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Ready for another edition of the Employment Law Show. As you mentioned, it's uh, it's day one of uh, reopening Ontario, as our uh, provincial government is is mm-hmm. calling it, and a fair few number of businesses are uh, back at it today. Retail stores, some recreation and uh, sports facilities, I think, medical offices, car dealerships for sure, construction sites are back at it, and, and that's really only to name a a few, and, and because yeah. of that, John, we've received lots of calls both uh, last week and also starting at the beginning of this week from employees who, you know, l- legitimately have questions about returning uh, to work. A lot of employees are worried. They feel kind of unsure and hesitant. They're wondering if their employer has done enough to make sure uh, their workplaces are safe. Other employees have medical conditions. They don't really want to return to work at all, which is fair enough. If, if you've got a serious medical condition, then you should certainly be thinking twice about it. And, uh, you know, also, unfortunately, we're, we're seeing more and more terminations of employment, people getting mm-hmm. let go and looking for advice on their severance packages uh, that they've been offered. And, I mean, really, it's, it's, it's the entire gamut of questions where we're getting all sorts of different types of questions about workplace situations, most still certainly COVID-related. Um, you know, and yeah. as, as I always say, John, you, you know, despite the very difficult circumstances and, and you know, the positive thing, uh, about a situation is we you know we really encourage people to seek out that help if you have questions about your work seek out that information seek out that advice from us whether you want to email us or call us at the office or give us a call right now right now on air let's talk about it let's figure out that issue that uh, you've been worrying about that's been keeping you up at night or, or whatever questions you have you know remember it's you know employees are are still really well protected when it comes to employment law, John. Whether we're talking about health and safety or, or severance packages or really anything in between, the more information and knowledge you have as an employee, the more protected you're going to be. That's for sure. You don't get ahead uh, by not knowing about your rights, about not knowing which employment laws are there uh, protect you. So don't be shy. There are absolutely no bad questions when it comes to your workplace rights. If you want your questions answered, give us a call right now. The lines are opened. And as you said, John, to start us off, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of matters that came across my desk this week. First matter, uh, uh, John, uh, I spoke to uh, a lady in her mid-50s. She'd been with the company for about eight years. And unfortunately, because of this entire uh, COVID situation and kind of the imp- economic impact that it's having, 
Her mm-hmm. position was eliminated. She was let go from uh, from her job and offered a severance package. So relatively straightforward situation. Again, she's mid fifties, eight years of service. She was in a sales position uh, with with the company. The problem is this employer took a pretty aggressive approach when it comes to the offer they made. So they they made this employee a, an offer of five months as a severance package, but instead of giving her a reasonable amount of time to consider the offer. Uh, John, and by the way, five months is too low. But even uh, aside from that, they gave her three days to accept or or decline this offer. uh, And they were really, really harsh about it. I mean, unreasonably harsh uh, uh, about it. They really went at length in the termination letter to say, Mm -hmm. if you, if you don't accept this, if you accept it a minute past the deadline, we are revoking this offer and you're not getting anything and we're never going to offer you anything again and that's going to be the end of it. I mean, really, really harsh kind of draconian and stuff. And so she reached out to to me and she was really worried about the situation and can they pull the offer? What do I have to do here? Should I just accept it and, and kind of bite the bullet? And I told her, nonsense. Let us take care of it. I reached out to the company. Uh, number one, her severance entitlements aren't five months. John, as an eight-year employee in her mid-fifties in a sales position, she's looking at something, you know, at eight to ten months as the appropriate range. So the offer is short, just kind of right off the bat. But I yeah. reached out to the company and said, "Hey guys, uh, number one, your offer is unreasonable, and number two, this whole business of a three-day deadline—I mean, you're really pushing the envelope." Uh, uh, here. It's completely unnecessary, completely uncalled for. She has every right to receive legal advice and to take her time in deciding whether she wants to accept this offer or, or not. And guess what? Within less than a week's time, John, we have an improved offer. We're on the way to resolving this matter. She's going to get way more than five months uh, uh, of pay. And it's a great lesson for all our listeners out there. Don't get sold. Don't get duped into accepting an offer because the the clock is running because you're up against the deadline. I know we say it all the time and it's, you know, it's it's something that our longtime listeners will definitely know, but it mm. happens every single day. People get really anxious and really nervous about these kinds of deadlines, and oftentimes it's just the employer trying to get an employee to accept a bad offer. So employees out there, don't fall for pressure tactics, don't fall for deadlines. You know, your your severance obligation or your severance entitlements don't change uh, one minute past whatever deadline the company gives you, and it's likely that the severance package that you're being offered, especially if they're putting the pressure on, is way too low, and you need to get legal advice in a situation like that. Yeah, it's kind of a joke. I mean, you got two years to exercise your your rights. Plus, it's like if I came to you and said, Alex, you know what? Uh, I owe you a hundred bucks, but I'm only going to give you fifty, and I'm giving you twenty minutes to decide. You're going to tell me where to go. I mean, it's 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 crazy. It's 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 absolutely a joke. ridiculous. Of course you yeah, and I, and I hope and, and I actually I, I I do think that this company has learned uh, their lesson. Mm-hmm. And again, they responded positively. We're already we, we we've already bettered their offer, and and we're again we're on the reco- on the road to resolving the matter. So, which is great news, great news for this lady, and and I'm glad we were able to help. So that, that's the first matter. Second matter, mm-hmm. uh, uh, John, I'll get to quickly, and it is COVID-related and something we've spoken about on the show uh, previously, but but it uh, I, I continue having these conversations with individuals, and I think it's important uh, to uh, uh, to talk about this issue again, and it's, and it's to do with pay reductions. So I spoke to uh, a lady just the other day, I believe it was Friday, who uh, has a you know, long service employee. She's been with the same company for 20 years in her early 50s in a management position, senior management position. And uh, and the management team, along with uh, a bunch of other senior employees, and it's a big group of employees, they've all been asked to take pay cuts. Uh, and the rationale is 
you know, their, their business has slowed down considerably. They have to take cost-cutting measures. And the, the employer has decided, you know what, it's going to be the more senior, uh, more kind of well-paid employees, shall we say, that are going to bite the bullet here rather than reduce the pay of, you know, administrative employees or, or kind of lesser earning employees. Uh, we're going to have management take, take the blow. And you know what, generally speaking, that's not a terrible approach. But this lady was wondering, okay, well, what are my options here? What do I do? Do I have to accept mm -hmm. a 25% reduction in my pay? Uh, and the advice I gave her is, listen, if they are introducing this as a one-off measure that's going to be temporary, it's for a fixed period of time, maybe they're even offering to you know, top you back up or, or treat it as a pay deferral rather than a pay reduction, meaning they're going to kind of make it up to you once this, this whole de ordeal is over, that's probably something that's reasonable and probably something you want to accept. You want to make it clear to your employer, to your employer that you're only accepting it as a one-off measure and that it is temporary. You don't want to accept a permanent change uh, to your pay because if you do that and the company decides to let you go, guess what? Your severance is going to be calculated on this new reduced pay, which is a yeah. huge, huge problem. So for all of those employees uh, out there who are looking at pay cuts, you want to make it clear to your employer if you're going to accept it, and some employees will accept it. It, but if you're going to accept it, it has to be temporary. You want it to be for a fixed period of time, as short as possible, obviously. Ideally, you want to get the company to acknowledge that they'll pay you back for that missed pay. And you want to make sure that you confirm that it's a one-off. You're not going to be agreeing to any further changes in the future. All right. With that, we'll take our first uh, short break of the evening. Time now for you to grab that phone and ask some questions. If it's about what we talked about or something else, do it. 613-521-TALK. Again, 613-521-TALK. That is the number to get a hold, and we'll look forward to your calls. And uh, you need to watch your back when that part is coming up in the show as well. The Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580, CFRA. It is 7.20 here on the Employment Law Show. You want to call through, please do. News Talk 580 CFRA number 613-521-TALK. Again, 613-521-TALK. We'll get to our content for the night, some of your emails as well. First, I want to talk to Richard, who has taken the time to call in and stand by patiently. Richard, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having me. You bet. Go ahead. Um, I just I was temporarily laid off. Um, it was a flooring trade. Um, I was temporarily laid off March 25th because of COVID. Um, that is what my employer had told me. Um, and I just got news today um, that I'm permanently laid off because uh, there's not enough work. I'm just wondering. I've been there for uh, just over two years and uh, what the best option is. Obviously, you didn't mention anything about severance, so if I should be looking at that. Mm -hmm. Is it a uh, unionized environment, Richard? No. Okay, okay, so non, non-union. non uh, So you've been there for about two years. How old are you? I am 35. You're 35, and you said it's uh, it's flooring? Yeah. Okay, so you are absolutely owed severance in a situation like this, Richard. There's no question about it. The, the temporary layoff... 
doesn't play into the calculation, into the analysis of severance. If you've been permanently let go at this point, then uh, whether your employer likes it or not, you're going to be owed severance. If you're 35 with two years of service in, in your position, I would say you're probably looking at two to three months as a reasonable severance package. It's not weeks, Richard, it's months. Uh, okay. So uh, I, I think that's what you're owed, and, I, and it's not a complicated analysis or situation. I think actually it should be really, really straightforward. So... Um, I would say give us a call off air. Let's talk in a little bit uh, more detail. You have a couple of options here in terms of the way you want to uh, approach this. I'd be happy to chat with you uh, off air and kind of guide you in the right uh, direction here. But certainly you don't want to walk away from the situation. You want to get a severance uh, package. You want to get what you're owed. Frankly, you might need it given kind of the current state of the job market and the Mm -hmm. economy. You might actually need that money to, to hold you over until you can find another job, and so it's certainly something you want to you want to proceed. For sure, yeah. I was just concerned that I did apply for CERB uh, package right away, so it was just uh, for the, uh, yeah, I was looking back in 52 weeks, so I was just worried that whether the temporary leave would have any effect on, on the severance or, or anything of that such. So thank you for your answer. Appreciate it, Richard. And I'm going to give you a number to uh, reach out. Please do. Don't hesitate on this one. Get more information uh, from Alex. That number is one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 You can email as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Just like Richard, just that simple call. Get your questions answered. It's uh, 613-521-TALK here for the remainder of the show up until close to 8 o'clock. I've heard, and I think it might have been something that you've mentioned a a few weeks back in the show, because of COVID and all the temporary layoffs that could eventually become permanent, depending on what kind of businesses get through, there's going to be a larger pool of unemployed folk out there. So their severance could actually be enhanced because of that reason, being that they can't find work as quickly, could be longer as opposed to a robust job market, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right, uh, John. So we've got to keep in mind that you know the, the whole point of severance, the whole reason mm-hmm. why the law around severance developed is to hold an employee over until that employee can find new work. And and our courts have said multiple times that one of the factors, in addition to age, position, and years of service, one of the other factors that that's got to be looked at is you know what's the state of the job market at, at the time? How quickly or not is this employee going to be able to find right. new employment? And in a situation like we're finding ourselves in with uh, you know, company uh, hiring on hold and economy, the economy not doing all that uh, well, I think it's going to be the case that employees are going to have a much harder time finding employment. And again, that plays into the analysis. It's going to factor into the equation. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it's not the employer that gets some sort of discount or some sort of benefit. It's actually the employee that get, gets the benefit of a longer severance period in a situation like this. Again, the number 613-521-TALK. You want to call the radio station now, ask your questions, bring it on. Something scratch your head, get some answers. Don't let it linger. Get some answers from Alex for sure. In the meantime, you need to watch your back when. These are uh, some warning signs, I guess you could say, things you got to look out for that could uh, snowball become much, uh, much worse if not taken care of, right? 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, you know, we speak to lots of people all day, all day, every day, John, and, and, and a lot of people who are let go or who are starting to run into problems with their employer, a lot of times we'll see, you know, I, we'll, we'll hear them say, you know, I, I kind of saw this coming. I had a feeling that it was going to happen. Uh, you know, I had a couple of things, you know, happen to me over the last few weeks and, and kind of got me thinking. And, you know, as you say, John, all the time, you know, their, their spidey senses are, are tingling. And so, when that starts to happen, you have to uh, know how to act and what to do in that situation to protect your rights. And again, it's a lot of what we talk about during the show, which is how can we uh, put an employee in the best position possible in order to protect their rights? Again, whether that's health and safety, whether that's mm -hmm. keeping your job, whether that's making sure that you get the best severance package possible, you've got to watch your back in these kinds of situations because if you make the wrong decision, um, it will come back to haunt you in the long run. And, you know, we see... Uh, I would say four or five situations on a pretty regular basis, and so I've I've decided to kind of list these out and let's get let's talk about them a little bit because they're going to come up for sure. They're going to come up for the majority of our listeners and, and for employees out there. First one is this: you need to watch your back when you believe your employer is building a case against you with bad performance reviews. Yeah, it's one of the I would say most common signs that things aren't really going well with with yeah. your employer and that maybe a termination is is on the horizon and that's and that's a negative performance review. And that's especially so, John, when the employee is actually performing quite well, but for one reason or another they get a bad review. And that happens all the time. It's amazing how many people we speak to who th who say, you know, actually my job was going great. I was hitting my numbers. I was hitting my targets. And and then I sit down with my manager and they, you know, they give me a below average on on everything. And again, it's a sign that your employer may be starting to, you know, paper their file, as we say, to try and create the grounds for letting you go. So what we advise employees to do in these in these situations, if you're if you're receiving negative criticism, and it's uh, particularly if it's obviously unjustified criticism, whether that's a performance review or a write-up or any kind of other disciplinary measure, you want to make sure that you're putting your version of events, your side of the story, on paper and back to the employer. You want to paper the file uh, and create that evidence yourself. If the employer is going to be doing it on their end, you want to do the same thing in order to protect yourself. And so, if you get a bad performance review and you disagree with, with the review, you want to very politely, very professionally, this doesn't have to be harsh, but you want to respond to the employer and say, you know, I've had some time to think about the review. I disagree with your assessment for all of these reasons. And, now, and then list out all of your accomplishments or list out all of the things that you disagree with. Send that as an email to your employer or give it as a letter to your employer and you've done your job. You've, you've effectively put your version of events down on paper. You've protected yourself in that way. The same, by the way, applies to a reprimand, right? If you get written right. up for something and you don't feel like it's right, you want to put that down in writing, respond to it, you know, give your version of events and then give it to your employer. Because if three months from then or six months or a year from then you get terminated for that reason or it comes up as part of a bigger story, you'll be able to point back and say, well, hold on, guys, I gave you my version of events back then. I actually disagreed with you for all of these reasons that are legitimate. And so you can't pull this stuff right now. That's the best way to protect yourself in a, in a circumstance like that. Uh, I mean, if an employer tries to terminate you for cause because of a bad performance review, that's a that's a huge uphill battle to fight anyways. An employer is not going to be able to do that. Yeah. But again, you want to 
you want to put yourself in the strongest position possible. You want to give yourself the best chance at overcoming the situation that you possibly can, and you do that by responding in writing with your side of the story and giving that to the company. All right, more of those coming up. You need to watch your back when those talking points are on the way as we get into a a short break here. In the meantime, chance for you, some time for you to pick up a phone and give us a call for the remaining uh, time here on the show. 613-521-TALK. You have any questions about your employment, your job, or if you're an employer, bring it on. It's the Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro on News Talk 580 CFRA. And we are right back at it. Still some time for you to call through. Pick up a phone. Don't be bashful. 613-521-TALK at uh, 735. you still got lots of time here. In the meantime, you need to watch your back when... When this, when you've been asked to sign a new employment agreement, it's never good. Yeah, that should always uh, raise a red flag for an employee, yeah. uh, John, especially you know mid-employment. If, if you've been working on the same terms of employment for quite some time and out of the blue, for no real particular reason, you're presented with, uh, with an employment contract, especially if it's a you know, three or four page lengthy contract and you look through it and there's all this kind of legalese that you start seeing in the contract that you're not sure what it means, but you know, it, it's probably not great. Uh, huge red flag and, and, and you need to watch your back definitely in a situation like mm-hmm. that. And, and there's really only one real simple reason, which is an employment contract, contract like that will never favor the employee. It's never going to benefit the employee to sign an employment agreement like that. The only reason why an employer would introduce such an employment agreement or an employment contract is to protect its rights and to limit what it would have to pay uh, an employee in the event of a termination. And that's a big one that we see in employment contracts, John, that becomes an issue oftentimes is the termination language in an employment contract. A lot of times employment contracts, especially, you know, more and more nowadays, if, you were, if you're a 20-year employee, chances are that contract you signed 20 years ago, you know, is three or four lines. It confirms your position, your salary, yeah. and, and, you know, your vacation days, and off you go. And great, that's actually an ideal situation for an employee. But more and more nowadays, uh, especially, you know, contracts that are, let's say, five years old and less, there is almost certainly going to be language in that contract that tries to limit an employee's severance entitlements. And that's a big problem because if that contract is actually uh, legal and enforceable, uh, then it will limit you potentially to whatever is really in that contract. Usually it's your minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act, and that is going to be cents on the dollar of what you're actually owed as a severance package. So, uh, you know, unless there is a legitimate reason for uh, the offer of an employment agreement mid-employment, unless it's a promotion, uh, unless you're getting a raise or anything like that, you should be very weary about signing an employment contract uh, mid-employment. Either way, whether it's a raise, whether it's a promotion, or whether it's for no particular reason, if you are being offered an employment contract to sign, you should be having it reviewed with an employment lawyer. There are going to be things in there that are going to be problematic, that are going to limit your rights and your options as an employee. So make sure you get it reviewed. Make sure you understand exactly what you're signing. 
Uh, and quite frankly, if you if you are already employed with an employer and you don't like the contract that's being offered to you, you don't, don't have it. to accept it. Right? There's no obligation on you as an employee mm. to have to sign that employment contract. You're already working. The terms of your employment are already agreed to. Uh, and if you don't like the contract, you could say, you know what, employer, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to keep working on the same terms of employment that I currently have. And the employer then has the choice. Either they keep you working on that basis or they have to let you go. And if they let you go, you're owed your full severance entitlements, which is a win anyway. Yeah, chances are they probably got some advice from uh, an employment lawyer on their own side, hence the reason for the new employment uh, agreement. But it's funny because it's kind of counterintuitive. If you were to ask, you know, 10 people on the street, say, here, I, you get a job and you're starting your job tomorrow on a simple handshake. Good to have you along. See you tomorrow. You, on the other hand, we're giving you a nice, big, fat, 50-page employment contract to, to let you sleep at night. Most people would automatically think, oh, I want the contract. I want the contract. I'm going to sign 50 pages of paper because that, that gives me security. You don't want that one. You want the other one, don't you? Exactly. You want the, you know, as, as counterintuitive as it is, and you're absolutely right, John, mm-hmm. the handshake actually puts you in a better uh, yeah. uh, position because it means that in the event that you're let go, or really if, if there's a change to your employment, if you're temporarily yep. laid off, if the terms of employment are just verbal, then you have all of the protections that the law gives you, which is your full severance, which is being able to consider a temporary layoff, a termination, which is being able to refuse a, a big change to your terms uh, of employment. And that's great. And and you're right. I mean, most people feel uh, insecure with just that hand, handshake relationship, yeah. but it actually turns out to be the better option. Listen, if, you're, if, if your employment contract is more than three or four pages, there's, there's a problem there, uh, uh, John. There's going to be non-solicitation yeah. language. There's going to be non-competition yeah. language. There's going to be you know, probably intellectual property stuff. And, and listen, some of that stuff is okay as well, especially if you're a, a senior employee or a, you know, a managerial or a de- director level employee. It might get a little bit more, more complicated. But as an employee, it is certainly in your best interest to keep it as simple and straightforward as possible. If it's just an offer letter or a contract that kind of dictates the basic, basic terms of employment, ideally it says nothing about termination, mm-hmm. nothing about changes to the terms of your employment. That's the contract as an employee you want to sign. Putting the employer hat, hat on, you're right. I mean, as an employer, you want to make sure that your contracts protect you as much as possible, protect the business as much as possible. And that probably does mean inserting termination language, inserting temporary layoff language and the like. And so it depends what, what you know position, what perspective uh, you have. At the end of the day, whichever seat you're sitting in, whichever position you're in as either employer or employee, you want to make sure that you're protecting your own rights. The number, by the way, 613-521-TALK if you want to talk about this or anything else when it comes to your uh, your job and your employment. So even if I have one and someone gives me a new employment contract and I'm already working there midstream and I have you check it out, you said, you know what, this isn't too bad. You can go ahead and sign this. Do they not still have to give me something for it to make it, I guess, binding? Correct. Absolutely. It's called yeah. consideration yep. uh, at law, which is which means that... You could sign a contract mid-employment, but if all you're getting in exchange for that contract is just continuation of your employment on the Mm. same terms as before, if you're getting nothing better for it or nothing more for signing the contract, it's not going to be enforceable. So a lot of times when employers, at least if you're doing it properly, the way an employer is going to introduce a contract mid-employment is by saying, here's a signing bonus, or here's an extra week's vacation, or here's a little raise in your pay. 
And that is, that constitutes consideration. That means that that contract is going to be enforceable. But if they don't do that, if there's no signing bonus or no raise or no promotion or no any kind of increase in your compensation, and in fact, when you sign the contract, you're agreeing to all of these other terms that actually actually make your employment worse, like mm-hmm. the termination language that we were talking about. So it's actually you actually end up worse off than before, then there will be no consideration for signing that contract, and it actually means it's unenforceable. It means that in the event that you're terminated, the company won't be able to rely uh, on that contract. So it's an excellent point, uh, John. It's a point that employers need to be really, really cautious of because, again, if you don't offer that extra little something to an employee who's already been employed, you know, that contract is basically not written, not worth the paper that it's written on. So even if uh, even if they do even if there is consideration they do offer me something you know extra holidays a bonus set of steak knives whatever if I still don't want to sign it do I do I still have the option of saying no if I'm already an employee yeah, you absolutely do. Again, Good. you can cool. you can say, you know what, uh, I've had a chance to consider this offer, employer. Thank you very much. I don't real feel yeah, I don't really feel comfortable accepting the offer. Mm-hmm. And you can even list out the reasons. You know, I, I don't like the yeah. termination language. Uh, I don't like this. I don't like that. And for these reasons, I'm I'd much rather just continue my employment. Uh, you know, as I've done up until now. And that puts the employer in the hot seat, right? It puts the employer in in the position, the ball is in their court, to then say, okay, well, what do we do with this employee? Do we either have him or her just continue on on their current terms of employment? And that's likely to happen, or that's possible at least. Uh, or that employer will say, well, if they're not going to sign, then we've got to let this person go. But again, in doing so, you're protecting your legal rights and you're protecting your entitlements. If you're let nice. go in a situation like that, you are going to be owed your full severance entitlements based on your age, position, and years of service rather than whatever's in the contract. And I can guarantee you that what's in the contract is going to be less than that. And the catch, you know, the, 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 the biggest kind of kicker here is that if you sign that contract, you can get let go the day later right. or literally the, you, you know, later on that day. And if that contract is enforceable, you know, you're bound by the severance, bound by the termination language mm-hmm. in that agreement. Uh, and you'll end up with, again, cents on the dollar compared yeah. to the severance you would have been owed had you not signed it. We'll continue with that discussion, the things you need to watch your back for when uh, they happen inside your workplace. Uh, until that time, though, you still got time to uh, give us a call here on air, 613-521-TALK. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. Still got a, a few minutes to call in. Yeah, for sure. If you have questions about your employment, your job, maybe it's COVID-related, uh, that's okay. We uh, we take them all. 613-521-TALK is the way to do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. A couple more points to get through here when it comes to uh, things you need to watch your back for and when the employer isn't being cooperative in accommodating a medical restriction. All that. Yeah, so this is one John where you know it's if you if you have medical restrictions or what we call accommodations mm-hmm. in the workplace and your employer is not playing ball, it's either going to be one of two things. Number one, your employer doesn't know the way the law works when it comes to medical accommodations, or number two, they know and they don't care. And either way, that's a very dangerous situation for an employee to be in because the law is actually 
crystal clear. Employees uh, with medical restrictions and accommodations need to be accommodated in the workplace to the point of undue hardship, which is a really, really high bar, meaning it has to be basically almost impossible for an employer to accommodate you before they can start taking issue with it. So if you're asking for you know a change in hours or a change in some of your job uh, duties or some sort of you know pretty reasonable standard accommodation that we can all quite reasonably think of, and your employer is saying no to those things, you're in a bad situation with with that particular uh, employer. And what's important for an employee to know in a situation like that is that you have rights and you have protections. Don't accept an employer refusing your accommodations. Don't accept an employer, you know, forcing you to stay home because it says that it can't meet your medical restrictions. No, you have the right to ask for your job back. You have the right for the employer to accept those medical restrictions. And if they're not playing ball, you need to speak with an with an employment lawyer. Absolutely, and as quickly as possible. You don't want to sit on those kinds uh, of claims. Otherwise, uh, your case just gets weaker and weaker. So don't be str- don't be shy as an employee. Uh, as long as you have the support of your doctor, of course, to request medical accommodations. And if your employer is not playing ball, speak with an employment lawyer right away. We'll be able to set the company straight. And that number six one three five two one. Talk before we move on. We'll uh, get to a phone call here. Ralph, thanks for uh, hanging on there for a couple minutes. How are you this evening? I'm fine. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh? What do you think? Well, let's explain what I uh, phoned in. I am 64 years old. I plan on retiring uh, in January. That's my plan. But physically, my job is pretty demanding. And physically, I cannot do it as well as I used to. Now, if my company decides to try to get rid of me, what are what recourse do I have? Because I'm not really living up to the job the way I used to do it. It's a, it's an extremely important question, Ralph, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm glad you called in um, because, you know, this is one of those situations, you know, it's, it's pretty topical where you need to watch your back. And the reason for that is, you know, if you think that your employer might start uh, picking on you or criticizing you or, God forbid, even let you go because your work is slowing down, maybe because of your age or, or, or your health, uh, then, uh, you know, that's potentially, number one, you would be owed severance in a situation like that. So regardless of, of the retirement date, uh, Ralph, if they let you go uh, as an employee, you're owed severance. That's clear. It's a termination and severance uh, uh, results from a termination. Number two, that might be a human rights violation, right? If they're deciding to let you go either because of your age or because uh, of your health, you know, e- even if 1% of their decision is related to that to those reasons or either one of those reasons then that is potentially a human rights complaint now so you know hopefully the company isn't silly enough uh, uh, to do that but if you're worried about that the way that you protect yourself in your situation is uh, that you you go see your doctor you tell them about your concerns about what's happening and the fact that you know you're, you're kind of slowing down and perhaps you get a medical note requesting some accommodations from your employer. So maybe the, the accommodation is, uh, you know, you need to take a half hour break every uh, two hours of work or that you can only work a certain amount of hours per day or some sort of, uh, some sort of game plan that you can put in place with your employer that can protect yourself from that criticism, protect yourself from the fact that your employer might want to let you go because of, of, of those issues and if it's coming from your doctor, then they can't say boo about it. 
right? They have to, they have to accommodate that. They cannot criticize you or treat you differently because of those accommodations. If you don't get that support from your doctor, then they may end up taking that step of, again, either reprimanding you or giving you a poor performance review or even just, you know, letting you go uh, um, in a situation like that. It, 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 you know, that would end up uh, uh, in the long run, a huge, huge problem for the employer, but in the short term, if you are let go, it's obviously not a great situation to be in yourself, and that's how you protect yourself there. Okay, but they would owe me severance still. They would absolutely owe you severance, no matter what, regardless of your retirement date. They might dispute how much severance you're owed, Ralph, in a situation like that. So maybe they, they might say, we only owe you up until the day that you are going to retire. Uh, and I think that's debatable as well, quite uh, quite frankly. But uh, certainly you would be owed severance if you were let go. Unless, I'll, I'll give you the one kind of caveat here, uh, unless you're terminated for legitimate cause, which is, you know, you did something so terribly wrong that they're allowed to let you go without any kind of, of severance. You sound like a pretty long-term employee, Ralph. So I, I don't think that would oh, yeah. be possible <laughs> in the circumstances. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate it, Ralph. I'm going to give you a number to keep on uh, keep on hand if things trickle that way, but uh, hopefully it doesn't. But if they do, you can reach out here. That number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That will put you in touch with Alex and the crew. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email address would be help at employmentlawyer.ca. Going to move on down the line to uh, to Jim. Jim, thank you for calling through. Appreciate your time. How are you tonight? I'm great. Thanks for taking the call. You bet. What's on your mind? Well, my question concerns um, the COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter is, is fairly young, and she works at a uh, retail outlet in Ottawa, and uh, she has been granted a leave of absence because I'm 66 years old and I have health conditions. As a matter of fact, I just got out of the hospital. Now, but she's been granted this extended leave until the end of June only. They haven't come out and said it, but they've really implied it, that they might not tolerate it for any longer. So the problem is, the you know, there's a lot of young people that work there, and I'm not sure if the guidelines are in place and the employees just aren't really following them. But, you know, the employers are certainly not keeping their distance. They're not wearing masks. Oh, she would be at risk for picking something up and then bringing it home to me. Yeah, that's it's an important question, Jim. And, and quite frankly, at this point in time, it's actually one of those, and I'll say quite few areas that have gone unaddressed. So mm-hmm. certainly if you as an employee yourself, let's say as an example, yeah. uh, if you yourself as an employee have some medical situations and you don't feel comfortable going to work, as long as you have a note from your doctor, you're allowed uh, to be off uh, on a leave. Or, for example, if you uh, are caring for a family member that actually has COVID-19, right, yeah. again, you're allowed to take a leave. But if you're simply living with a family member and you're just worried that you don't want to expose that other person to COVID-19, the law actually falls short there in the sense that there's nothing in either the legislation or in the government regulations uh, that, that allows that employee to take uh, time off. So, uh, your daughter's employer can actually say, you know, listen, we, you know, we get it about your dad, but we need you to come to work anyway. Right. And if she didn't, at this point in time, 
and I and I, I accept that this is this is a problematic situation. A lot of people are going to be in this situation right. at this yeah. point in time. If your daughter doesn't return to work, she's putting her job in jeopardy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if uh, if the company is meeting all of its health and safety obligations, if they're imposing all of the guidelines uh, and the restrictions in terms of social distancing and whatnot in the workplace, uh, then uh, again, your daughter would would be obligated to return back to work. Right. If they're not doing that, right? If if your daughter is worried about about the fact that they may not be doing taking all of those measures, then she does have the right to refuse work within reason of course you can't just make up you know make up something it has to be a legitimate uh, yeah, concern what I, her complaint and, yeah. exactly what I would advise your 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 daughter to do Jim and probably what she's done already and that's why she's got the leave extended until until June is listen keep talking to your employer a lot of employers are are being reasonable in these situations right. and I do hope that they'll you know kind of understand that this is an exceptional situation, that it doesn't make sense to put other people uh, at risk, and hopefully they can be flexible in, in allowing her to continue right. uh, that leave. And maybe then she'll actually have a better sense of how safe or not the workplace is, and she'll be better placed to make a decision as to whether she goes back or not. Right. Plus things may change at, at the uh, where she exactly. works within the next month. Yeah. And hopefully for the better. Right. Great. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate your time. If you want to reach out further after the show, no problem. one 821 5900 would be the number. That'll do it for us for uh, tonight. You want to reach out to Alex. Again, that's the number, one 821 5900 Email is simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you've never used it before, it's like having a lawyer with you 24-7, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. is a website. It's free. It's anonymous. It's simple to use. And there is contact available at the top corner of that website as well. Till next time, Employment Law Show right here on News Talk 580 CFRA.